Hey there, it's Jeff, the host of the Mind Access Connection. It's a series of empowering conversations with purpose-driven, impactful experts from across the world. Join us as we discuss the realm of personal growth to provide you positive and actionable insights into self-improvement. Hey, Caleb, how you doing, man? Just living the dream, brother. How's things with you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Love it. So I love to hear, man. Excited to hang. Yeah, exactly. It's been a while since we spoke, so it's good to catch up. Yeah, it's been a bit, but it's good. Excited to hang with you today, man. Yeah, well, let's jump right in, man. So, like, how this normally works is we go for about an hour, and we just have a chat, an open chat. People will come in and out of the room whenever they please, and then um, there'll be a recording after for everyone as well. So, um, introduce yourself, Caleb. Like, what do you do? Um, Who do you help? Sure. Uh, my name is Caleb Nelson, for anybody who's listening. Uh, my company is called Naked Sunday. Uh, obviously, the Instagram handle I'm under it right now is Lev in Real Life, so it's my personal handle. But uh, what do I do? Uh, in a essence, basically, I do image and business consulting. What does that mean? From a practical sense, it feels a lot like life coaching. But um, of late, I like to say, you know, I'm, I'm your your concierge to happiness, or in other ways, I like to say, uh, I like to help people look better naked inside and out more or less just like help people be happier with themselves on the inside and go figure when it, <laughs> you solve that problem. Usually the outside starts to solve itself as well, whether it's from a relationship standpoint or from business standpoint, or ultimately just <laughs> ultimately looking better naked physically. So I know obviously we've talked a lot about like using exercise and health as a means to, to feel better and connected with yourself and uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now, man. I think that's really cool about helping people feel naked, good naked inside and out. And it's all about, um, sounds like it's all about bleeding confidence from internal to the external. Absolutely. Yeah, like, so there's a book called uh, Psycho-Cybernetics. It was the first time I was really turned on to this concept. And uh, I'll give you the punchline within it. So it was written by a guy who's a plastic surgeon. And what he was realized surgery is kind of this like, like snap your fingers, almost like an instant transformation. And what he noticed with his patients, with his clients is they'd have these radical transformations. And a lot of them just didn't like, they weren't happy no matter what they, they solved the exterior problem. So they thought, but they didn't change the interior internal dialogue that was going on which speaks to everything we're talking about right now we're just kind of opening the conversation to is that you need to change how you look at yourself from the inside because no matter what on the outside you're going to still see that ugly duckling however it represents itself whether it's in a relationship where you you put yourself in relationships where you don't feel valued or appreciated or understood or whatever that is or in your business where you're not really showing up authentically as yourself, valuing yourself appropriately, what have you, or you're also just showing up to your health practices and destroying yourself, whether it's to the extreme of uh, the obsession of fitness in some ways where it goes too far to the extremes or to the other side where people drink themselves or take you know drugs to oblivion and destroy themselves in that way. Um, and there's a, plenty of other ways in between, but this inside out approach is uh, is fundamental i mean ultimately it's it's the roots if you don't have like a poor foundation underneath you no matter what you do and you build up on top of it eventually it's going to crumble because it's not substantial it's not solid and it's going to whenever the elements 
become too much to handle on the outside, it's going to come crashing back down to the inside. So I guess we've kind of jumped right into it. The conversation that we're really having here is like, who are you on the inside? What do you value? What do you hold dear? What do you truly want to be valued for? And what do you want to do with your life is, is really at the crux of, of understanding that piece. And then when you build a life on top of that, it becomes far more substantial and far more meaningful and, and uh, dare I say, uh, sustainable. It sounds like you're talking about meeting your own definition of success, being able to align to your morals, values and ethics, rather than trying to conform and be a conformist, which can create a lot of conflict and tension within the mind. 1000% man. And especially in this day and age, you know, <laughs> if we're being real, I don't think it's ever not been a problem, but this idea of keeping up with the Joneses and all of that, where everybody's trying to put on this facade, I think it's perhaps amplified now because it's so readily available with just flipping through your phone at, 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 at ease. You can compare yourself to a thousand other ways people are living their life, but rarely do we see the opportunity for us to say like, Hey, how about I check in with me? What do I care about? How do, what do I, what's the, the journey I want to go on within myself, man? And, uh, and that's hard. It's scary because what if it doesn't look exactly like what you see in your social media feed or what you see on TV or the movies or whatever that is, it, it, it can feel a little bit scary to say like, I'm going to chart my own path and, and hold yourself accountable to that because it, well, it starts to feel lonely. Am I the only one here? Are people going to still love me? Am I going to still be cared about? Um, it's difficult to, to go your own direction in, in, in one way, shape, or form. Yeah, Caleb, that's very, very accurate. Um, that's exactly how I felt when I started my coaching journey as well. Um, that exact thing you described was not being sure if anyone would still be there with me. Um, so much doubt and apprehension because no one understands, especially um, not no one understands, but in my particular realm at the time, so that's a great point of being able to really internalize and align to what you know is right for yourself and being able to bolster your resolve, your resilience as you move along. Um, because not always will people understand what path you're taking, but that's okay if you know where you're going and what the destination is. Yeah, and one of the things I heard long ago is like in the beginning almost nobody knows like a month or so later like some people will know and then three months later almost everybody will know of course that will extrapolate over time but i've always found that that kind of, i can't remember who told me but it was when i used to own the gym I, I had a friend who told me that and it always stuck with me because what, what to me that speaks to is in the beginning you're really going to feel like you're charting a path alone is anybody, is anybody going to care? And while in the beginning, it almost sounds like, like, oh, who cares? Like, nobody's going to care about me. At the same token, I think there's a lot of depth and a lot of beauty in that, in, in acknowledging the fact that as humans, we're also hardwired for connection. So that draw and that pull to still be accepted by the tribe, or at least the tribe that we know, is a really hard pull to keep us involved and keep us like we have a sense of belonging. But on the same, on the other side of that is to say, like, well, what if you're, if this doesn't fit you as a human being, can you continue to live your life that way? And is that really being, is that really a life at the same time? That's hard. And, you know, I appreciate it just in our, 
our time getting to know each other, obviously, and our friendship that has been building it when you shared with me on our, on my own podcast was saying the same thing. Like, yeah, man, I want my own path. And what you just said there, I want my own path. It's a little bit lonely. It's a little bit scary. Is anybody going to care about me a month, a year, three years, five years? Is, is this thing that's in my head, how I want to go about living my life, is that going to be seen of value, even though I've learned how to build a life right now that I, I can find acceptance in some way, shape or form? But then realizing like it's not all like it's not everything I want. It's not everything I need. Is that gonna be okay? Can I can I reform this? Um and I think there's a, a massive act of courage in all of that. It's also a big reason why I have a big soft spot for any entrepreneur who ever just says, like, yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go this path. <laughs> Whether I agree with what they're doing or not is irrelevant because it's more about like you had the guts to take a shot. No matter what you can say, I went after the thing. I said, I'm going to believe in myself and I'm going to go make this effort to go make this thing of my own creation of my mind. It's going to be a slightly different shade of something else I've seen or my own complete creation of my own, whatever that is. I think there's a lot of courage in that. And, I, and in my heart, I really value that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because it takes a lot to move away and deviate from the tribe put yourself out there and that comes in a lot of angst from certain other people as well but what you do is to provide value you know as being a solopreneur myself and a coach i've been doing this for about a year now it's all about providing value to people right so that's why you're in it because whatever you create within your mind is not just with an intention to create or have more for yourself it's to use your ideas to benefit society and humanity. And that's how you can have the long term because it's hard to be burned out when you actually enjoy what you do. And you also enjoy seeing other people benefit from what you create. And yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of truth in that, man. And I think something that helped me, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on how this came out to you, is especially in this, this digital age of learning how to network and build relationships online and building online services, something I've come across, as much as I might have felt lonely at certain places in my life, charting my own path and going my own direction, I know you've taken a lot of courageous looks in, in the mirror and done it yourself. The more I meet people, the more I go, like, oh, wow, like people are pretty lonely. The people, people are craving deep meaningful connection and to have a little bit of courage to step outside of your own comfort zone and go out and, and reach out in one way shape or form to make yourself available for a new conversation much you know no different than what we're doing right now i mean i have i didn't know you but a few months ago like all of a sudden like hey we met on the internet it's like there's two dudes who live across the world from each other having a a conversation around substance like it's out there for you if you're willing to, to just open your mind, open your heart and open your eyes to the people that are around you. They're people that are lo truly looking to have a deeper connection with others and build a, a relationship that, you know, I'm enjoying just our friendship already. Like, again, I've had a few conversations with you. I feel a lot of like love and connection to the, somebody I've never met. I like, I can't wait to meet you in person. I'm going to give you a big old hug and be like, bro, we're, we're bros now. Like, this is cool. Um, so I hope like, as, as we are opening this conversation today that people can start to open their mind to this idea that there's a lot of people that are, are starving for that type of connection and are, and are willing to go there if they take the chance to make it possible. 
the internet has made the world more connected than ever and it's amazing that we get to chat we get to meet you know same as easy and myself as well you know we met over the internet <clears throat> and um you know just the fact that we can do this and we can coordinate and talk and we have so many similar beliefs and attitudes but the internet also has a dark side which is if you use it for just consumption mm. then it separates you from other people because you're using it and it fills a void or you can use the internet to create and to share and to inspire and to connect right like um having an open door policy is so important mm. like if anyone dms me i will talk to you anyone i'll send you a voice note one minute doesn't matter like because it's great to just chat and meet new people there's no um there's no like to someone here says ava and emily from pirates oh what's going on girls that's my favorite spot they're over at my ice cream spot down the road talk about making friends at the best places possible yeah shout out to my people over at pirates hideout if anybody's a big ice cream fan it's a, a dare i say it's a problem but i i can't really call it a problem because it's a I just love ice cream. There's just so much joy in this. So this is a, a little moment of joy right now. And I, I'm feeling the love right now, Eva. Thanks for joining. So Caleb, I want to, let, let's talk a little bit about the, the main topic of today, the meat and potatoes, which is the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. Right. So like, what, what is the pursuit of happiness to you? What's your definition of that? Ooh. See, on one hand, I struggle with this one because at the end of the day, happiness is completely subjective it's up to you it's up to the individual so one of you says like oh wait what's my what's happiness i'm like i don't know you tell me um and i struggle with a long time to just be like actually i i struggle with the idea of saying hey i don't know but for me once i i took that off of me to say what's happiness and put it back on somebody's shoulders say like no i believe in you to be able to define that for yourself that that gave me a new sense of confidence what I have learned, though, and when I talk to people about defining confidence or, pardon, defining happiness for themselves, I found these three key components to be the most appropriate. And this, I call it the nexus of happiness. It's understanding what is self care, what is meaningful work, and then what is your quality connection. So if you think of self care as more or less your health, and I look at that from mental, emotional, and physical, dare I say, spiritual. I look at meaningful work as, as how much time you're spending really in the things that you love or great at and being appropriately valued. Um, in the Japanese language, there's a term called ikigai, which is more or less that. Um, I hope I, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. And then with quality connections, I start thinking about your connections with your relationships. This is your, your family, your friends, and, and your spouse. Finding that sweet spot of how much time you're, you're spending with all of them if I think about it that way and you learning how to define how much quality time, not just being in the room, I mean like being fully present with those endeavors, that to me is happiness. And if you can find that sweet spot, it's not, it's not a, a static destination. It's not a static place in time. It's a, it's a range. How much do you need as a base to live in that space, truly present, truly with yourself to me, that's happiness. And when you can find that and know how much you need to feel fulfilled in your life, then you've kind of hit the gold mine. And do you think that, you know, you mentioned that happiness is always changing, right? It's, a, it's not static. And that completely makes sense because who you are today could be different from who you are in two months. 
experiences modify our values, attitudes, and beliefs. So say that if someone is continuously evolving, how do they redefine and recenter towards that happiness that you described? Mm, great question. Well, I think about really like monumental life events, like say somebody has a kid, well, your priorities are probably going to change. I would, I would assume how much time do you need to have to make sure that change, that relationship with your kid is going to, is going to be uh, meaningful and you're going to live up to your responsibilities within that. How you go about it is really just sitting down and making time. I think I really leaned into this one saying, do less better a lot lately. And that a lot of people suffer from, I would, I would call it unhappiness. Maybe not even unhappy. It's not the greatest term for it. But they're not completely fulfilled because they fill their life up with busyness. Mm-hmm. And it's ironically a byproduct of their own success. They have so much stuff. And they say yes to so many things, be, whether it's out of obligation or whatever it is. But oftentimes it's like they needed to start saying yes to a lot of things to get enough opportunities to whether it's to make the money or to build a relationship or to the whatever. But then you hit this, this surplus in life. And it's, it is at those moments learning how to check in again and say, Hmm, well, I said a lot. Yes to a lot of that, but based off what I've learned about myself now, does this completely align with my core values? Does this completely align with the actual objectives I want? could I get this result in less time? Could I get this result in a way that's more aligned with what I care about? Is this taking away from time that is better spent somewhere else? Again, I mentioned with, with, with kids, I work with a lot of people, they've got kids or their kids are about to, or especially a lot of kids that are moving uh, off to college or they're about to become that empty nester in that space in life. It's, well, those, those final few moments are starting to change how they look at that is going to be very different. What is the type of conversation they want to be having? What is it that they're supposed to be showing up as? What do they feel that their role is? And in that same tone, when you get into that spot, you also start asking yourself, well, what's my job? Especially since I work with a lot of business owners, they're like, well, what's my purpose here? I've got the money. I'm doing a lot of things that, maybe have it's pulled me away from the joy that I had when I first started this business. A lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, what it starts as is, is that there's this passion around, I built this thing. Oh, it's fun. When I get there, I'm going to make all the money. There's this, this, that's the grind phase where they're trying to like this hustle and just like make something out of this stuff because it's this passion. But all of a sudden it becomes this ironic burden of like, I have staff and I have, I have all these responsibilities to clients and all, and the money almost puts like, uh, what do they call it? It's the, uh, like the golden handcuffs. They're locked in to this life of supposed success. And they might not see the ability to flex and say, well, what if I took away half of that? Am I bad? Am I good? Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I allowed to? Um, it's in those moments where if people can more routinely assess themselves and say, Hey, I I'm seeing that I'm getting more frustration, frustration going this direction, or I'm not making enough time for myself to check in. 
if they could make more time for themselves to do that, I think they start to come to the answer more frequently. And probably the best way to find out if you're going in the wrong direction is if you start to feel the signs and symptoms of misalignment, whether it's being a little more uh, harsh with your tone at home, maybe a little more friction with your, in your family or with your friends. Uh, maybe you're feeling a little more burnt out and a little more stale with your job. The motivation, no matter what, just keeps kind of, it's kind of, it's just kind of flat. You don't find a lot of joy in what you're doing. And a very simple uh, symptom is putting on like unplanned weight gain. Like that's real. Like you stop taking care of your body at the same time. You stopped nurturing the vehicle that's taking you through this journey of life. And, and a lot of times it goes hand in hand with your mental and emotional health on top of that. So if people can start checking in on that first, and, and that's the, the hard part that most people are like, oh, well, if I just do this and I'm going to have all the answers. No, you have to just stop doing something for a while and just sit in that, that empty space, which is uncomfortable. And it's being quiet with yourself. Call it meditation, call it prayer, call it whatever you want. It's sitting still enough, long enough to let the honest answers come up. You will confront the insecurity that you're dealing with. Am I enough? Am I allowed to change? Am I allowed to pivot? Am I allowed to walk away from this? Am I allowed to make another choice? And it usually runs into obligations, guilt, shame, something of that nature, like all those things stacked up. Uh, And I think a lot of people avoid that because they know that's where the answer is going to come up. It's scary, but it's okay. And the people that really love you and, and value you, in my own experience, the ones who truly want you to win and truly care about who you are and your, your individual success, they're going to go, cool, you made a new decision. How do I support you in that? How do I show you that I care about you? Where do you want to go? What inspired this? You'll, you'll see different types of questions. I mean, the other part of it is there's going to be the scary part that there's going to be some rejection too, because people are comfortable learning how to engage with you in the way that you've been showing them until this point in your life. And now it's, it's changed. People don't like change because it's scary. What does that mean about us? Do you care about me? Do you love me? Do you, (laughs) whatever that means. And it's not to say that you don't love them. It's just to say like, I need to do something different for me. And we're going to have to change the, the, the nature of this engagement and Sometimes it's hard because most people don't realize that change isn't necessarily bad until sometimes they look in retrospect and they go, oh, wait, like that's exactly what I needed. I was just too afraid to to handle it. I don't even know if I answered that a question appropriately. So forgive me if I kind of went on a rant. I'm at a place in my life where I'm starting to acknowledge that I just go on tangents and I sometimes should probably try to circle back to the beginning of it all too. (laughs) No, tangents are great. That's what we're all about because – that shows that you're you're thinking about and you're creating you're actively creating something while if it was like a stereotype response um it wouldn't have such raw beauty to it which is why i love doing lives right because we literally create it as we go yeah Um, i appreciate that man yeah no problem at the very beginning as well this does link back to what you said at the beginning because you were talking about um creating love for yourself from the inside and out aligning from the inside and out and this definitely aligns because a lot of the time, especially with many of the clients I work with, it's that the major obstacle to themselves is themselves, right? That's why we work as coaches, because a lot of the time, people are not able to see whether they're on the right path. 
and you'll know if you're not on the right path because you're unfulfilled. All of the things you used to enjoy are no longer enjoyable because it's a different realm that you shift into because, you know, there are many different levels to which we live life and there's different needs, basic needs, right? But the higher we go and the more that we have our basic needs sorted, our cognitive needs, our emotional needs, then the things that really provide fulfillment, sorry, happiness is fulfillment. It's being able to direct our energies towards something that makes sense for us something in alignment so change in being able to pivot is very hard because a lot of the time we back ourselves into a corner where we have all of these responsibilities but not even that thoughts about these responsibilities and the role that we play that we extrapolate and it kind of pigeonholes us because it's who we believe we are at the core but unworking that takes time because you've got to understand how you got there in the first place where it is you want to go and then make that shift and that does take a lot of energy. That's why, you know, the work we do is important. But also, it's really it's really cool that you said that because being able to pivot is one of the, the major rules of life, I think, that allows you to do anything because you can shift from where you are now to somewhere else without having fear or anxiety because you know that this is better for you. It's choosing yourself. I love it, man. It's hard. It really is hard uh, to pivot in life. There's this weird, I talk about permission a lot. Like whose, whose permission are you seeking to live the life that you dream of? And more often than not, it's not the voice in your head. It's the voice of somebody else in your head that got put there, whether it's your mom, your dad, your friends, your siblings, your, your boss, whomever saying like, this was right. And for some long period of time, you got validation and some sense of, acceptance in this world from that voice by following that path and it filled that need until this point and like i said before like this existential flex more or less which if anybody looks into like simon's next work he talks about existential flexes i see it as like awesome you achieve a certain level of success going down this path you've achieved as high of an understanding of this skill set that you were going to learn in this mode. Now, what if you took all those lessons and you put it towards something you really give a damn about that you really care about that really lights your inner fire up? Well, what could you do then? Now it, it's going to feel like you're starting over, but you're not, you have this wealth of knowledge. You have this wealth of understanding that you're, you get to borrow from. You get to, if you look at it appropriately, you get to borrow confidence from your past and just boop, plop it into your current and your future. It's going to take a bit to contextualize all that information and say, like, this is how I apply it. But it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly tough, man. It's really tough to see that because all you know is all you know. And you're going to have to go apply that new experiences and, much like you said before, I've never done a live on Instagram like this. Like, I have no problem running my mouth at nauseum. I'm sure you've gathered that a, a few points already in our couple of conversations. But like, oh, here's it's just a slightly different medium. We're going to just ask questions in a slightly different. Like, we pushed a couple different buttons on some tech, but we're still talking. We're still human beings having a human conversation, and we're going to create on the fly. It is what it is. It happens to be happening all simultaneous with you know whoever else is listening right now like izzy and i saw rylan hopped on a second ago like awesome like it's just a different it's the same but different at the same time it's kind of cool 
Yeah, it's such a great mode because, like I said before, we just create. There's no opportunity to think or prepare. It's just let's jam, right? That's my mm -hmm. favorite thing about it. I'm I'm not a fan of um, preparing in terms of like what I say because then it never comes out authentic. I like to mm -hmm. just say it on the fly. Ask me anything because then it feels real to me. Whenever I prepare, it just models off. Even presentations doesn't feel right. <laughs> Just that type of dude. <laughs> Bro, that speaks to a special place in my heart. I'll be completely transparent with you. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was pre I was uh, presenting at a retreat that was in, doing some speaking at it. And um, I've taken a long time in my life to just open with like, I don't have a plan at all. Like my job, I show up with an intention. That's my entire plan. Do I have frameworks and information that I pull from? Like, the best way I describe the way I think is like, I've got a cloud above me and then somebody will say something. I'll just reach up and like grab one of those thoughts and like, let's play with it some more. But that's me. Like I know plenty of people, like my wife likes, like she likes order. She likes process. She likes to have a plan. That ain't me. Like I'm like you, man. I, that's what I, I, I enjoy about this is that cool. Let's just show up and talk. Like you're a human being. You have thoughts in your head. You, you know what, you know what you'd care about. Let's talk about that. <laughs> That that's interesting to me, so I enjoy that, I, and I appreciate you bringing that up because I, I hope more people start giving themselves permission to just be that, because that's that's the best way that you show up, and like that comes off as real, like and isn't that what we want? We want the real version. We want to know that we can trust the person that's coming up to us because this is how you show up. All right, cool. Now for those who like to be more prepared, how do we help them show up so they can be more prepared? That's a different. It's a slightly different conversation, but it's still understanding. That's how you can maximize their potential by saying, well, how do I help you in that, in that journey? But for the other person, it's like, please, for the love of God, don't make me give you like a 12 point itinerary and the plan on how I'm going to show up today. And please don't give me a question list beforehand to think about because I'm not going to read it anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true. And you mentioned there that, um, you know, trust yourself is key, right? Because, would you agree that the only way to really just, you know, show up and say it as it is uh, with no doubt in yourself is to really 100% trust that regardless of what happens, you've got your own back? Yeah, and it's also the sense of like, do you not believe yourself? Do you not trust the thoughts in your own head? Is this not who you really are? I think there's a fear of like, if I say the wrong thing, well, what's the wrong thing? if you don't believe it to be true or you do quote unquote mess up, you're like, you know what? Let me back off from that. Like I just learned on the fly. I'm sorry. Sorry. I messed up. And I, I think we're in a strange age right now where people want to just like get all over anybody who makes a mistake. Well, what if they just say, sorry, thanks for letting me know I've learned. I think there's a lot of power in that. I think it takes a lot of courage to say that. Uh, but I, I hope people realize like, the only way for you to grow is to just say, cool, I'm going to throw myself into the fire a little bit. I'm going to test this out. If I mess up, cool, I learned. And that, I think that preset right there, I know at least for me, by presetting my mind, like I'm just showing up to this thing to say, ah, I'm learning something right now. It makes it a lot easier. But yeah, I, I think there's, there's something about inherently just like trusting yourself like this is just who I am. This is what I think. If you don't like it, I understand and I appreciate that. How about we have a conversation about what don't you agree about it? And I think there's also a lot more confidence behind that to say like, well, if somebody disagrees with me, am I okay learning from them too? 
What do they think? How did they arrive at their conclusions? Why do you think differently than I do? And it can just be that. It doesn't mean that you have to come to some agreement. It could just be like, cool, thanks for letting me know. It doesn't have to be more than that. And that's, uh, I think that's also part of like learning how to mitigate and manage your own expectations on what a relationship has to be. It, it sometimes is just like, cool, we had a conversation. Let's move on with our lives. And that's that. I love that. That, that was an excellent last bit. It's all about, um, we don't have to necessarily attach an emotion towards something like a conversation. So let's say if you said something that didn't align with my values, I wouldn't have to take that personally. It's just like, okay, I learned something about you. I learned something about myself. That's okay. Right. But that requires a certain degree of open mindedness, right? Which not, which I would say that we are not conditioned to have, you know, especially like as we grow up and go through the educational system, et cetera, we are not provided that ability to think with an open mind. There's always a black and a white, a yes and a no, you know, there's always two variables. And, you know, based on that mode that most people operate from, which is binary, how would you say that someone can shift from thinking in binary to being open-minded where you can receive information without attaching a good or a bad emotion towards it? Mm. I'll say how I, it helped me. Uh, and, and this is coming from a place where I was like pretty, and I'm still fairly strong-willed. Like if I get my thoughts set on some things, like I will gladly dig my heels in until the end of time. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. But what works best for me is I just started to assume I was wrong in everything. When I start a conversation with anybody, I'm wrong. I just start there. And what it does for me in that, in that presumption is it now starts me from their side and I have to walk back from their shoes to see myself. If I end up with my own conclusions, cool. If I don't, I really truly understand them. And I'm like, you know what? They really are right. From that perspective, I've, I've gained this knowledge because I allowed myself to step outside of my own ego. So for me, it was a hack to just like completely obliterate and remove myself from my own ego and go complete empathy. It's also an ironic thing. Like I a few years ago, I struggled with like defining what joy was for me. I was like, I had like, almost like an existential crisis around it. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how I have fun. How do I have fun? <laughs> and I went on a whole journey around it. One of the things I learned about myself is like one of the things I have most fun is just walking in somebody else's shoes. So it's the same nature as like when in Rome, do as they do. I want to go visit. Pe I enjoy going and visiting people and like walking around in their world, doing what they do, go to the restaurants they like, doing the activities like, because I'm like, oh, this is what joy is to you awesome like this is i didn't even know this was possible i know that's on the flip side of showing up open-minded to perhaps discourse or disagreement but to me it's the same idea of like i allow myself to experience the world from other people's vantage points um and to me that's my form of empathy um and especially in in coaching i think it's a it's a prudent uh strategy because it's not about us having the answers in the first place. The client themselves has all of the answers. And we're much like you said before, this educational system or religious dogmas or whatever it is, it's, there's a million dogmas in the world, whether it's nutritional biases or like I said, religion or school or political or whatever it is. Like there's dogmas galore. This is right. This is wrong. This is good. This is bad. 
if you start from a place of I'm wrong, you can start to understand them and you will find the place somewhere in the middle of like, where can we have a conversation that's a starting point for peace? Then that's it. And you can't ask for more than that. It's let's first find peace. Let's find common ground and let's have an, an amicable conversation. Like I said, that's what worked for me because they have the answer. And if I'm going to just tell people what I think, I mean, I'm going to, I'm willing to share my opinion if somebody wants to know it, but in a, in a, especially in a coaching sense or a, 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 a professional engagement where it's about building somebody else's confidence in themselves, me telling you that you're right or wrong, isn't going to help. <laughs> it's not going to help you build your own confidence yourself because you're waiting on me to still tell you you're good enough. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't reaffirm the engagement that we started with in the first place. So again, to loop it all back to a very simple answer, that's where I start. I start with, I'm wrong. And I so much so, I'm really grateful for this gift now. The ironic thing about it, like downstairs in my garage a few years ago, it didn't start off as like a funny joke, but it was a joke towards me at my expense. He took a picture of me when I admitted I was wrong and like gave it to me a framed picture on, on my birthday as my like thing. But I hold it there now. I was like, this is a reminder, man. Like this is a good place to begin. Uh, you're probably going to find a lot more peace and happiness and probably find a lot more. I find a lot more like positive engagement with others. I find a lot more fluidity in building a deeper relationship from that vantage point. And it's powerful because you become adaptable, right? Like one of the, the main, I can't remember exactly if it's from philosophy, but it's like, be like water, you know, mm. Learn to adapt yourself. And the only way to be adaptable and to learn, especially you know, being a coach, it's very important to adapt for every client. Obviously, you have a program, but you need to be able to understand that client. Everyone is at a different point. And being adaptable all comes to that ability to reduce that I'm right. You know, like I remember as a rookie coach, um, I used to come into it and try and like take the client along the journey I thought they needed to. But as I've gained so much more experience, I've really been able to change that. So I guess when I first started, now it's all about understanding where the client is at and taking them on the journey that they need to go on. And the only way that you can do that is to drop whatever pretenses you think you have about things because the more that you start to learn about life and the more you start to learn about yourself, the more you realize that you don't know very much at all. We, we know nothing, you know, like we could spend our whole lives researching one subject. Let's say we researched how um, a tree works, right? We could spend a whole life doing it. We still wouldn't have mastery over it. That's the level of depth that everything comes to. But if we think that we know something, we already lose out because we shut off the ability to gain from other people. And everyone has something to teach us, right? Every single person has something to teach us. Whether it's positive or negative doesn't matter because we learn, we gain our experience. And that's why you know this line of work is amazing because you talk to so many people and you learn so much and you just begin to amplify your knowledge. But the more you learn, the less you know, which means you can be more open-minded. I love that. As you brought it up, it brings to mind, especially saying everybody can teach you something. So my brother, I just saw him logged on a few minutes ago. I don't know if he's still on right now. I officiated his wedding a few weeks ago. And the speech I wrote is called The Window or the Mirror. And I've come to an interesting place in my life where one of the most powerful tools in my own personal development is realizing that everybody's a reflection of myself in some way, shape or form. 
And it's in looking at somebody else, they're telling me something about me, whether I like it or I don't like it. And in the act of learning how to love them for what they're showing me, it's also in an act of learning how to love myself. So it goes very much in line with what you're saying is like, everybody has something to teach you because it's, it's you. It's something you're seeing in yourself, how it's showing up. Now it might not be exactly in the context that they're delivering it, but say they're being stubborn on something. Well, where else are we stubborn? Where are we not as flexible? Where are we not as open-minded? Where are we not? It's that idea and I think the more we can understand, there's not like we're in a, it's a, once you get, go down this route, it's like, there's a, for me, I've learned like, there's not much of like, where do I end and you begin and vice versa. It's like, we're kind of the same thing and we're kind of completely separate at the same time. And it's a real mind. Blah, like it's hard once I do that, but I don't know that for me, that, that intention when I am grounded in, in like humility and grounded in openness and grounded in receiving and grounded in like genuine pure love and giving that I see other, see others from that light. And again, it becomes a lesson of like learning how to love myself more because if I don't like somebody else and I'm saying I hate somebody else, what I'm really saying is I hate me, some aspect of me. Well, that doesn't really work out too well because if I hate something, how do you re how do most people respond to hate? They give more hate to it and it gets more anger and it just like snowballs into this fiery pit of despair. The only way to combat hate is to, to truly combat it is to like show it love. So, oh, this is something I don't agree with. How do I love that? How do I understand that? How do I show it empathy? How do I like what, what I have done in that situation? It just changed the way for me that I saw the world. And again, from my own perspective, so everybody can take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt, because this is just some dude in upstate New York just rambling on about his thoughts for right now. <laughs> but from that lens, I have found in my own life a lot more peace within myself, and I found a lot more love flowing into my life. And the people that show up in my life have a far greater capacity to, to help me on my own journey and to help me with impacting others in a positive fashion. So I hope that message like resonates with somebody because it's been a truly profound lesson for me. It's a very powerful lesson, Caleb. And you know, that it reminds me very much of a story that I read. Uh, it comes from the ancient annals um, of old England when they used to have knights and kings and things, right? There was a story written by a knight called Sir Richard, and he was basically guarding a particular path on the road and a family comes to us with their wagon and the family says, are the people in the next town good people? And mm -hmm. so Richard says, how are the people in the old town that you were from? And the family goes, oh, they were horrible. They were nasty. It's why we're leaving. They were terrible people. And so Richard says, well, don't go to the next town because you'll find exactly the same. Mm. And then a new family comes along a day later and they go, so what are the people like in the next town? And he says, well, what were the people like in the town you came from? And they said, oh, they were amazing. We had close friends. We loved them so much, but we have to move on because, you know, we need more money and stuff like that. And so Richard says, well, you'll find the same in the next town you go to. And all come, that's very similar to what you were saying. It's like, it's how do you see yourself and how do you see them in other people? Because other people, as we say other, it's just a reflection of ourselves. The things that irritate us when we see things, it's, it's just bits about ourselves that we haven't acknowledged. 
all the things that we find congruent in other people, it's bits about ourselves that we do like. And the key is to recognize, like, if you have any kind of irritation or any kind of angst towards someone's why. Why is it? Because have you not accepted that part of yourself? And this is something that I have learned a lot in my journey. I'm so glad you brought it up because other people is just a way of separating ourselves is that we're all human. We all have the same experience. You know, as a coach, I know as a coach that the problems we share are the same problems that our clients share. It's all the same because we're all human. There's no separation. No one has something so rare. I'm not talking like physical. I'm talking about mental, you know, it's, we, we all share the same attributes, the same problems, the same obstacles. It's just that the way which we construct our society is based on individualism and that drives a wedge between us. It creates a separation where I am different from you, I am better than you, I am worse than you. And that's just really bad for our psyche because it's not the way that we were intended to live in this world. I don't know if you agree with that. I do. There's a, hmm. There's a book called The Pendulum and what it describes more or less is that like every 20 years or so we go between what's called a we society and a me society. And I think there's value in understanding, like we have to understand like while we go through the same experiences in some way, shape or form, it's also in our own unique shade. So it's a, it's an interesting balance of accepting the individuality, but also saying we've got some commonality as well. Because if we can't see ourselves in the darkest of behaviors on this planet, you haven't addressed the fact that you have your own darkness within you. And there's a lot of danger in that, especially in the current society right now. And I'm not going to go too far down that, but like that turns into what you, like you said, like there's this hierarchical piece, the self-righteousness thing is like, all my shit don't stink. It's like, well, everybody's got their own stuff. And it's also to say like, even if you haven't messed up now, you're not getting out of this life without messing up. How would you want to be treated if you did make a mistake? If you did screw up, if you did cause a problem, would you want to be able to f be forgiven? If you were sincere and you were introspective and you made amends, we would hope so. So understanding like that, it's also forecasting for the future of like the, the failure is inevitable in many ways, shapes and forms. Set yourself up for that. This is going to be my individual experience. And to think like it's, they're all the problem or that person's all bad or this, it's like, Nope. Those traits nurtured in a certain way can lead to a lot of interesting outcomes. And I think there's a lot of beauty and power in seeing ourselves in all people. I took it in a few different directions. I think, again, I lost a little bit of my own train of thought in that, in that but there, we get very caught on like, I'm so separate, but you're not. Like this, I am a rock, I am an island thing is not real. The fact that like, when we think of the worst punishment on, this, on the face of this planet is to put somebody in solitary confinement in a prison, like, not just like go go be stuffed with the, the 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 worst of the worst, as they would say. No, you get to go be alone with yourself. I think that we need to understand like there's something about that as a human that this, that doesn't line up. We need to realize we are not so separate. 
we are yearning for connection. We are more capable and powerful. We can create beautiful things in numbers. It's knowing how to play nice in that sandbox and being able to see the greatness in others and perhaps leaning more into their greatness as opposed to amplifying their darkness because it's like saying, don't think about pink elephants. I just said pink elephants. Of course you thought about pink elephants. Like, <laughs> so, so you're so bad stop being so bad it's like well thanks for just the only thing you're affirming me for is being bad whatever that means so i'm just going to keep doing that because i'm getting acknowledgement some way shape or form so it's incumbent upon the accuser as well to say like wait like how, what role am i playing in this problem because we're all part of the solution as much as we all want to say we're all part of the problem it's it's the same thing so yeah i think it's at the end of the day, all we have control over is ourselves. So to start from this vantage point, I think that's where we can start to gain some sense of control if we're going to change this whole world thing, if we want to call it that. And I would dare say, of late, I've proclaimed like my, my vision of my why, my journey towards like, like my purpose on this planet is hopefully world inner peace. Because if we can conquer that from the inside, well, the outside takes care of itself. You're not going to, if you're good on you, you don't really have a strong desire to go cause problems with other people. Like what's the point? And you also know how to ask questions and facilitate change and open conversation and create more love and kindness and joy in your community and in your intermediate, like your immediate relationships from that place. So yeah, I think I took that train of thought long enough before I just go completely off into some other topic of conversation. <laughs> appreciate you man staying along with me there because oh i am fully realizing like, a lot of people are just like oh you're just on a stream of consciousness man i'm like cool i'll i'll take that one i'll, I'll, I'll run with that but it's good when you can externalize your thoughts as well because i find that externalization helps things click and you can see like the link between them especially like when you're within your head you think about them but then they can be incongruent when you put them out that's now your reality of what you think right so i appreciate you sharing that on this live because i love listening to it it's great to understand where you're coming from thanks man i was uh i used to feel like really insecure about it i've been practicing to be more open about it because uh for the longest time, I also had to preface that at the, the recent retreat, I was like, hey, just to let you know if I'm talking a lot, it's because I'm actually engaged in this conversation. As much as I like the sound of my own voice, it's not because I want to just hear it. It's like, I want to show you that I, I give a damn what we're talking about. Like, I give a shit about you're bringing to the table here. I like what you're talking about. Let's do this. And I, I want to make sure in some way, shape or form, I bring value to the conversation. So that's a place where it comes from. And again, thank you for allowing me to Scootle off into my own ether and process my own thoughts. Of course, brother. It's no problem at all. And, but you, I want to bring this back to the conversation that you were saying, because you said something very, very important there, which was that you have a mission, right? Mm. You have a vision and you have, you, you, you want to create a world peace or not in essentially in that sense, but you would like to see it happen within your lifetime. And I, I would like to ask you this question, which is having that vision, having that intention, that greater purpose, do you think that having a powerful purpose and a powerful vision can create a lot of happiness in your life? I do for the simple fact that it gives you an anchor. And at the end of the day, most people want to feel like they're standing on solid footing. And that's a perception. Like, There's also an acceptance of like, 
we don't really have control at the end of the day. Like the earth is kind of spiraling around in outer space anyway. We like, it's all moving. We just have the feeling that we're standing on solid footing. Um, that being said, like to float around in the esoteric doesn't necessarily give us direction. Um, and I, I, and I will say like for the past few years, I was grappling with like, what is the deeper root that I'm, I'm, I'm like, there, it, I had to look back at my entire life. Like, what have I been truly going for? What have I been struggling with? What is it that I care about? Why do I do all the things I do in all the different directions that I've gone in? Oh, well, it keeps leaning back to this. It comes to like, I want to feel good on me inside. And why have I gone down these roads of, health and business consulting and like from all the lenses I did both from a destructive places and from like, hopefully now I like to believe a far more healthy and, and sustainable place. Having this grounding in your own sense of purpose is, well, this is where I'm going now. And I hope that people also take that with a grain of salt saying like, you can also change. If you come to a crossroads and you're like, you know what? I learned a little bit more. You can pivot. But from a sense of, for what I'm doing right now, this is what I'm here for. That's why goal setting is so powerful. I'm working towards this thing. I need a reason why I'm doing it. Because if it's not, like, I guess it didn't matter today if I did this or not because it wasn't leading towards something. Um, we're cre I think we're creatures of creation, but creation needs to have a meaning. And the hard part is making it, is it coming to the acceptance that it's completely subjective. It's what you make of it. And uh, it's a long way of saying yes it is important I think but I would envy the person who doesn't need a sense of purpose to say like I'm just doing this anyway um, a, a sense of purpose could also just be like because I like it and that could, that could just be it I'm like that, that's something I have also grappled with when it comes to just doing things for joy this gives me pleasure I'm happy doing this it could be like, I play the guitar for five minutes a day because it gives me joy. That could be the meaning. Um, as in terms of like bigger missions and if you really want to accomplish something big, grounding yourself in something very deep, I would, I would say is going to be your best bet at having a chance at actually pulling it off because beyond you just wanting to do it for yourself, to create anything powerful and long lasting in this lifetime, it's going to, it's going to require others. And if you dig deep enough, you're going to find a well that a lot of people are tapped into as well. I use the word well a couple times in that, but whatever, we're going to roll with it, different connotations, but it's the idea that like, Oh, this is a common ground that we all feel strongly drawn to. That's how you can create a movement. That's how you can get the support from others that you need to pull off the rest of the vision. Because along that journey, you will realize you can't do it all. You're not even best suited for all those positions. As much as you might be good at some of them, like there's other people that are way better. And allowing other people to share in that vision is uniquely powerful and uniquely beautiful. And it comes back to that same idea of there is no I, there is no us, there is just everything and everything in between. So I think that, again, I took it on a tangent, but I'll go with yes. I'll go with yes. It's an important thing. And, you know, with purpose, purpose is something that, um, you know, even though my coaching revolves around purpose, 
Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Even though my coaching revolves a lot around purpose, uh, recently for the last couple of months, I've been delving very deeply into what purpose means to myself and as a whole. I've been researching, I've been thinking about it, been really going all around the place trying to understand what it is that purpose really is. And I've come across a couple of um, understanding points that I want to share, and maybe you might agree or disagree, is which it? is one purpose is very singular, right? It has to do a lot with your, vo your values, morals, your ethics, but also purpose is about striving, right? Because whenever we want to create meaning in life, as you were saying before, meaning is subjective. For example, a tree or the sun might not have the same meaning to me as it does to you. You might value them more. But in the sense of when we're creating a purpose, when we have something to strive towards, it creates happiness. Because even though it might be difficult, even though it might be tough, there is something more for us because we're not just in it for the end result, but we're in it for the challenge of the journey. And even though it might push us to the limits, it's okay because that striving creates meaning. It's how you can wake up in the morning when you've got, like say when you work for yourself, right? I wake up every day and I'm happy. When I was working a full-time job and I was, you know, having the same cyclical pattern, I used to wake up feeling absolutely miserable. Mm. Nowadays I can wake up 7 a.m., get straight to work, no worries. Like I don't even think about it. But back in the day, it was a whole process about like two hours of trying to get myself into it. So do you think that, purpose is linked to a striving towards a greater meaning and do you think that that greater meaning is what provide unending happiness or at least a level of fulfillment that includes some happiness at the very end of that i don't know if it's about the happiness at the end of the road i think it's mm -hmm. the happiness the happiness that's under your feet and you brought it up there it's like the joy in the journey and that's hard until you get to a certain place um for anybody who's looked into Maslow's hierarchy needs in the beginning, it's very surface level meaning. I need to have enough food in my belly. Yep. That's going to be like, I got the food. I'm happy. Cool. I'll do it again. That's that nice dopamine hit. Then it becomes, you know, I need shelter or I need, uh, I need enough money. I need enough, I need enough acceptance, whatever those things are. It's like, it's check the boxes. And on my side of the world, it's like, I'm going to check the boxes of the American dream, but it's the, the surface level painting. I think the stuff we're talking about right here is when you get to that process of self-actualization. It's like, well, how do you just enjoy what's underneath you? Like you woke up today. Awesome. You're living your life according to what you said you cared about. That's awesome. That is, Izzy, I'm glad you enjoyed that. I, that one came from the top of my head. So we might just have to roll with that. The joy in the journey. Um, <laughs> I think that that's, it's hard. I, I'm not saying that this place that we're talking about right now is an easy one to come to terms with because I think it's learning how to slow down and accept what's happening right now and also accepting the trials and the problems that come with that because it's some days are going to suck from a like a surface level. They like, say you own a business. Some days are going to just, a lot of people are going to tell you no and you're going to have like a deal fall through. You're going to have a client cancel. You're going to have whatever the thing is. Like there's going to be something that pisses you off. But you're going to have joy in knowing, okay, this was a day in this process. Thank you for these lessons of today. I learned something. I knew that I was going to have to learn these lessons at some point. I guess today was that day. And we can be accepting of today was that checkpoint. And it's it's just a different way of checkpointing it. Um, I think the other way around of like your happiness is a space off in this distance. 
And that's why when I look at that framework of how, how are you allocating time towards happiness? Uh, it's more like, what are you doing right now? Because if it's always future cast, you, you're never going to be, you're not going to be fulfilled. And I like, I use happiness cause it's like the, the, the word that people can latch onto, but it's the fulfillment in the pursuit that is what brings joy and depth and meaning to the day. Because the other part to purpose is accepting that your meaning or your, your purpose of life, it might never be realized. Like what is world peace? Well, like the day after I die, somebody might do some dumb shit. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. Say sake of the argument. Like on the final day of my life, there is a unique moment where we all hold hands across the universe and like sing Kumbaya and whatever. Cool. The next day, somebody could just go do something dumb and like, okay, did that all, was that all for not? It's like, that's not the point. The point was we kept working towards creating a little more love and connection between each, each of us every day. Can we pass some of those lessons on to the next generation? Can we facilitate it? Because the next generation is going to have to learn it all too. They're going to have to absorb the information, contextualize it, make it meaningful for themselves as well. But can we get them to that place faster so that they can build upon it? And then the next gen, and this is the same idea. Um, I think that, especially for me very recently, like my wife and I are looking at have, starting our family in the next year or so. And one of the things I've been thinking about for the past five years, because I've been thinking about preparing myself to become a father for a better part of five years, if anybody's wondering, yes, that's how I think about things, um, is like, well, what would outlive me? And that's what I started thinking about my business practice. What if I die? How would my family be set up? How would my clients be set up? Like, I want them to still pursue a life of happiness and joy and fulfillment without me. I don't want to be the crutch that stops them from being able to do that. So reframing that and being okay with the fact that I might not realize the full end result became part of the acceptance and also became part of the journey of, okay, cool. Like me accepting that was part of this process. Cool. I'm a little happier right now. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of days. I'm like, damn it. That would suck. Like that would really not be okay with that. I'd be really pissed, but that's my own ego issues jumping back in because I'm a human being. Um, yeah. It's, uh, the, some of this stuff, like I struggle with because it's just like, I'm going through my own human condition as well. Some days I'm feeling better than others. Like it's just part of this, this thing. But um, I think something worth meditating on for anybody listening is being like, okay with this uh, what's the word Simon's next refers into his final, his last book called the infinite game. It's like, what is that thing that live, outlives you? And that's, it, you don't know if it will be realized and that's also accepting that. So um, I think my real point in that whole thing was like, don't make, don't necessarily make happiness a destination. It's an idea. It's cool. Like we can have that vision, but not necessarily getting so hard set on that. It's like, if you can enjoy the, the ground beneath your feet, that's the existential piece there. You're going to probably be more likely to get closer to the end goal. And that's probably a better way to go about it. I love that. And that comes back a lot to the training I had when I was becoming a coach, right? Which is to gaze all the way to the end. 
And that's exactly what you said there. It's about looking all the way to the end of what may happen at the very end of your life. And looking at, are you happy with the steps you're taking? Are you pleased with the way you're approaching your life? Are you going in the right direction? And if you're not, you can always modify it now because that reference point, you may not ever actually reach it. It may never be a reality, but you can still do everything in the present. You cannot change the past. You can only create the future. And the only way to do that is to understand where you're at now and to make sure you're doing the right thing. So I absolutely love that. It's all about you know, not seeing happiness as the end result, but being happy in the moment because you know that you're working towards something that you truly care about. And that's powerful. Yes, sir. Right. You said it, said it beautifully there, man. And I meditate on death a lot, as depressing as that might sound off the rip. But uh, this one meditation I do, like a guided meditation that I'll usually do at like a speaking engagement or whatnot, it, the, like the, the name of it is who's holding your hand on your deathbed. It's much like you're saying, like, start there. That's all, gonna, that's all that really matters. It's because that's also ultimately all that you might really have control over. Um, or at least the probably what you have the most control over. I think it's a better exercise than like writing your um, your obituary or anything like that because it's it's the people that it, we're going to need to share these experiences with to cultivate the happiness in our life, to cultivate the success financially or, or any visionary stuff we have or whatever. Like any experiences we want to create are going to be, be with these people. So I think what you're saying is like looking into the future. I do the same thing. Like that, that's my, that's my trigger. That's my, when I need to like ground myself, I go, who's holding my hand on my deathbed? All the trivial nonsense that I'm thinking about that are, that makes me freak out about X, Y, and Z. I go, that just fades to the background. I'm like, Oh, Oh, there's those five people. Cool. Those are the people that matter. Let me go give my attention to them. All right. And then all the problems seem to solve themselves. Like it, it works for me like a charm. But uh, again, it really speaks to what you're talking about. Like, look into the future, assess where you're at right now. If it's not lined with that, go reorganize that. Go, go talk to the people you need to go talk to, and things will work out. Things will be okay. It's all about reverse engineering and making sure that you're still doing exactly how you see that ending up. So, Caleb, we've had an awesome discussion today you know we've taken it all different places but the most beautiful thing about it is even though it went on tangents it covered exactly what happiness is and i just want to get your final thoughts on this is that happiness is not like a lot of people think it is where it's like a rush of being happy and giddy all the time but it's about a process it's about a way of approaching life where you can sustain your actions sustain your mood and your growth because you know you're going towards a certain place but you're okay with it because you love the process of it. And would you say that kind of encapsulates everything about happiness or would you like to add more to it? I think, I think you said it perfectly, man. It's less about the feeling of happiness. It's about the cultivating an environment that allows more fulfillment and joy to, to blossom. And from that, success happens because people like to be around happiness and joy. So I, I think what you said there, if we can just take it away from, like you had just said, like if you take it away from the sensation of happiness, the idea of, oh, rainbows and butterflies, more of how do I cultivate a, a life and organize a life and an environment that allows the experiences and the, the, the success I hope to create with the people that I love 
the rest kind of takes care of itself. Start there, and I think you'll find a lot more joy and the true sense of happiness, the true deep fulfillment that, that people ultimately say they're seeking. I love that. I love that. That's great. The true deep feeling of where you are, that you love the moment, you can appreciate the moment. That's gratitude in itself. So, Caleb, thank you so much for coming on the live today, man. I just want to ask, do you want to share anything uh, with the audience who are watching and who will watch this later on? Anything about your work or if you're doing anything special? If anybody wants to follow along, got my podcast, Naked Sunday. You can follow the Instagram handle. How does it? It's at underscore naked underscore Sunday underscore. For the record, it drives me nuts that that's what I had to go with. Uh, but whatever. I also posted on this handle as well, Levin Real Life, at Levin Real Life. Um, follow along for that as far as work goes. You know, I like to work with people who are looking for that idea of happiness. You want to be a little happier? You want to? I, I typically start people with what I call a happiness audit and helps evaluate those sectors of your life. So if somebody wants that, Hey, send me a message. I'm like, I'm like you. Let's just be friends. Let's start there. Let's talk to each other. See how, see where life goes. Let's, we'll chat. And if I can help and, and take people in a new direction, awesome. And uh, if I can provide some value, that make me happy. I love that. It's all about the open door policy. Anyone, everyone come through, say hello. It's awesome, right? Yeah, man. I do that. By the way, I got to say, I really appreciate you just welcoming you on today. Like, I've just enjoyed getting to know you, man. I, I can't even believe an hour just flew by. It feels like it was like 10 minutes, but, but usually that's a good sign of great conversation anyway. So like, thanks for being awesome and gracious host. Like this has been a lot of fun today. 100%. It's been a pleasure to have you on. So thank you so much for coming on, Caleb. And thank you, Izzy, for staying through. I hope you enjoyed um, our whole life. And thank you to everyone else who joined as well. It's been an awesome pleasure. Um, I will see you all for the next one. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Mind Access Connection. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. If you would like to view the Instagram Live replay, you can do so from my Instagram handle, Mind Access Life Coaching. If you would like to learn more about my work, feel free to check out my website in the links below, mindaccesslifecoaching.com.au, where you can explore more of my work, grab my free ebook, and also learn more about my media appearances. And that's all for now. Till next time. 